My name is Cheyenne, and today on A Closer Look to Dateline, we will be discussing the episode called Unbreakable, which is about a young woman called Rebecca Muser and her life in the church society called FDLS. Rebecca and her sister helped put a stop to the society and the abuse that was happening. Welcome back to episode four of this five-part series. Uh, in today's episode, we will be picking up off where we left off last time and let's get to it oh wow that that hit off heavy um it instantly talks about uh, the child abuse and how young girls are being married and forced to have sex with their husbands and the fact that warren was okay with it and he was in charge of who and what should happen So, a lot of teenage girls were sent away from the ranch because they were either being abused or almost being abused. When some of the girls were actually interviewed, uh, they were, they said that they were spiritually connected to older men and that it was no big deal because that's what they were, that's what they were taught to do ever since they were little. And they talked about how the prophet, Raul, I forgot his name already, Raul, Jeffs, the original prophet, and then Warren Jeffs were, oh yeah, no, it's completely fine. And then they talked a little bit more about how the fact that it's their duty and that they're honorably serving it and that they're happy. But then, um, in Texas, it was illegal and they had to do something. So, beginning couple of teenagers were taken away, a couple dozen, and then it soon progressed into more kids being taken away and then Texas demanded that every single child of the FDLS uh, Zion community was to be taken away. Yeah. The um, episode then also pans on to this, she looks super young and she's talking about how her two-year-old son is screaming, don't, don't let them take me away mom. Like, I want to stay with you, mom. Like, please let me stay. And then she starts crying. And it's really hard for her to deal with it. Which, I'm not a mom. But I could see how painful that has to be. Especially if you're that young and have a kid. But, um, unlike the other raid that happened to the FDLS community, uh, the mothers actually got to stay with their children. Just the fathers did not. So that was that was better. He goes back to the police officer's voice and he goes, "We, um, these people have been told that the outside world is evil and that we are evil." But he's like, "We didn't, we didn't want to go to this community to ruin it. We just wanted to save these girls who are being abused. It's not like we wanted to do this. We just wanted to save it." And then it pans to his face and he goes, you can't ignore a young girl's plea for help. You can't. You have to act. And then it talks about how a lot of the community was super upset about it. And that a lot of them didn't go easy. A lot of the mothers fought. And then a lot of the fathers actually fought to for their family. 
just I guess noble, but seems as if they have seven wives. <laughs> Not very noble, but you know. Um, they really, the community really wasn't happy about it. And then a lot of the children and then their mothers were reunited in this huge building. Kind of like a mall, but not really like a factory, I guess. And then they were all just finally reunited together, so that was pretty good. It's a sports arena. <laughs> oh no. So, a lot of the FDS members were told to line up and give their DNA. So... So then, after that, uh, the old and the young also had to, like, everyone had to do it. And then toddlers and infants, they were sent off to foster care. Which is insanely sad. Because they had to go to foster care for, uh, temporary care. And they didn't understand the outside world. And now they're being thrown into this new world in foster care like tough so and being in like i don't want to say normal society but normal like the society that we're all used to it has to be tough so these kids are being forced to go to foster care and they live a life that they don't even know about and their parents can't go with them they have to go live with people they don't know anything And the state said this is for their protection, which is okay, I guess. And then it goes on to this woman talking about how the fact that uh, it's not about the numbers, it's not about like anything else besides the fact that it's saving the children from being harmed. And they go on to say that we believe that these children have been abused and neglected, and then. These FDLS parents, like the moms, are freaking out and they don't know what to do. They're all crying. A lot of them, they their their children have been taken away and they don't. These women don't know what to do anymore. The husbands are gone. They're just they're at the ranch still. Like a lot of the parent, like a lot of the moms are still at the ranch because they can't go anywhere else, and the parent the fathers were taken away. So it's just the woman on the ranch. And the FDLS attorney, he says that the state traumatized all those children and the women and that it was completely wrong of them to do that and they had no right to take the children away from the parents. It wasn't right for them to do that. <clears throat> He says that Texas should have really just done the targeted approach, so like, a few families, so the ones who are actually being abused. Not saying that none of them were being abused, just the fact that they, Texas took all the children away, every single child away. And that could mean that they're living a nice, loving home, where they could live a horrible home, like they just took them away. And this attorney is basically saying that 
Texas should have just targeted certain families and not the whole group. And then it just shows a lot of <clears throat> moms crying. And the police officer is justifying himself saying, we didn't want to do it. It wasn't what we wanted to do. We just wanted to save the children. He wanted to save the kids from being in danger. Out of all this, so it's like it happened within a week of Sarah Barlow calling. And at the end of the week, all the kids were taken away. It was just done. It, within a week, all that all that happened in that whole entire week, they have not seen Sarah. They did not find Sarah, but they did find a lot of things. They found A, a lot of abusive victims, like a lot of abuse victims. B, all of the birthing records. And then C is um, videos, stuff happening, like ceremonies happening. And then detectives had to uncover everything. So they had to go through all these boxes of birthing like names, bloodlines, like they had to tackle almost 400 children, fathers, moms, and all that stuff. And then this is where Rebecca plays in. The, the police officer who was on top of the case reached out to Rebecca and was asked her, hey, we had a raid and we have to go through all this stuff. We don't know what any of this means. Can you help us? And then Rebecca was of course like, yeah, I'll help you. It's for my people. Or my ex-people, I will help you. So then that's how Rebecca becomes the little, like, interpreter kind of person. So Rebecca actually goes to Zion. And she exposed some secrets. Some heavy secrets that will, as Dateline has repeatedly said, will cause a massive explosion. So like, Rebecca just goes and she notices everything. She looks around. And then... They go to commercial. Before they go to commercial, they have to do their little foreshadow thing, right? And how they do that is they pan on Rebecca and she goes, I hope, I hoped that what I saw was not what I thought I saw. And then it goes to commercial. So now we are waiting for the commercial to end and pick up from where we left off. Yay. So in Texas, it's fucking society cult yearning for zion they built a temple an actual like huge temple and this temple has some dark dark secrets involved in it and rebecca our lovely rebecca muser will be the one uncovering it this is insane okay so this whole entire raid thing happened and this everything that just happened after the raid I still don't know what happened because I haven't got that far yet, but this huge secret about Zion and the actual like fundamentals about the DLS religion and the prophet, like all that's going to be uncovered. But it, this all happened because of one anonymous phone call who wasn't even anonymous because she gave a name, but they don't even know if it's the real name or not. So they're looking for this girl named Sarah and this girl called and goes i'm being abused by my husband and then they the texas police have to go and go okay what is happening here and they raid everything 
So like all the kids are gone, the moms are there, we're lonely, the fathers are, we don't know where. So like only these women are on this place and this girl, Sarah, has sparked something so huge because of one phone call. Like to me that is insane because one phone call made this whole entire thing blow up and then they came and find the girl but they're finding all these other secrets besides the girl like that that alone is just insane because they can't find the woman who called but then they just keep uncovering all these new secrets all these dirty dark disgusting secrets i just think that's pretty neat so this police officer goes on back on the camera and goes listen like we all have our religions they have theirs I'm not going to like judge them for whatever, but there's this massive temple and our search warrant says we can look anywhere for this woman. We can look anywhere. And they all look at the temple and the police officer goes, I did not want to trample on it. I didn't want to go in it. I didn't want to do anything because I didn't want to cause a religious thing happening of me being disrespectful or me being rude to them. He's like, that's not what I wanted to do. But, he's like, but he said, I need to find this woman. I need to find her now. And then, so they knock on the door of the temple, and these people are in there, and he keeps knocking on it. He's like, you need to let me in. Like, I'm not going to use force. I don't want to use force. But they won't let me in, so now... But, uh, they still wouldn't let him in. He was getting tired of it. Yeah. So, because people inside the temple were like, we're not going to let you in. No way. The, uh, rain, not rain, the police officers and rangers had to make a decision. And they had to bust down the door. And Rebecca instantly goes onto the camera. And she goes, if something was ever going to happen during in that ranch. And an incident was going to happen. It was going to be in that temple. Because these people are so, like, so, like, they believe so hard about it. That anywhere else on the whole entire ranch, that is where something was going to go down. And then the spooky, scary music happens on this episode, and we all know something's gonna go down. So, Keith keeps talking, and he goes, uh, the FTLS people really respected this building. Like, they built it, like, it was their temple. As soon as the battery ram went through the door and they opened it and people went in, everyone went, that's not our temple anymore. It's, it's not sacred. You defiled it. And then it, the spooky, scary music got louder. Some metaphorical stuff is happening right now. The police officer goes, I was knocking on the door, and then he's like, No one's gonna open it. So we opened it, and then we still had to knock on doors. And he's like, It was so quiet and so echoey that he said, All those years of secrets and all those years of stuff happening in here, like you could tell the temple was just empty and that it wasn't really a temple anymore. And he, he's like, that was, it was spooky. It was like the, he said that it was the most eerie thing he had to go through during a case. And he wasn't, he didn't want to be in that building. He really did not want to be in that building. He sucked it up and went in the building because that's his job. But he definitely did not want to go into that building. And the spooky music is still going on. And investigators went in and they're like, whoa, architect, 
so cool, so beautiful. And they were actually admiring the temple, and they're like, wow, this is really, really, really pretty. And then um, the screen pans over it. And then the police officer goes and says that even though that the Ellis people think that he defiled it and that they defiled it, he said that his group of people that went in there really try to respect it, which like hands down to him, honestly, because I, I've i seen a couple other of these episodes where it's like, yeah, we went in there and we had to get that, like, we had to get that criminal and he was in a church, like, we just went in and grabbed him and pulled him out. And then it's like, that's not respecting it. That makes because a church is sacred. Like any church is sacred. It's it's the symbol of someone's religion, right? So you go into that church and you're not respecting it, like it should be respected, then you're not being respectful. And I give props to these people because they really try to respect this. And they were actually really upset. The investigators were actually pretty upset because people thought that they defiled it when honestly they try to respect it as much as possible. He said we didn't go into any rooms that we didn't have to do to. He didn't, like, they didn't go, like, poking around everything. They basically just had to make sure that there's not a victim. Sarah's not in that temple. And they didn't go nosing around for anything else besides her. That's mad respect. For me. Like, that's really, that's a lot of respect right there for that building. When they were climbing the buildings, like staircase, every level of the building had a different significance, uh, Keith just said. And now this, the camera's just panning over an image and going all the way up. And then he goes on about how the flooring of all the, like every single floor of the building of the temple changed. So like, he said one floor had carpet, but then the next floor had hardwood but then the next floor above that floor had laminate and he's like there's a couch here there's a sofa in this room there's a tv in this room but not a tv in that other floor he's like there's just different things happening in each room and they're all different and the uh, um police officer is explaining like the flooring plan and he's like the third floor is white completely utterly white like brilliant white everything was white everything was just super white and on the exact same floor something was discovered And then he goes on about the, this bed. There's two beds. One was situated weirdly. It was like in. There was a bed and like. Um, it was like a medical bed. But then it's a Murphy bed where it pulls out from the wall. And there's a lot of chairs surrounding it. And then they find another bed. Um, so, they're, like, trying to figure out what this bed means, and there's another bed in another hallway, but it, there's track marks on the carpet, and it, you could tell that the bed has been moved in and out of this room, in another room, with the white room. 
the rangers put it back together. And they put it back together. The bed had, I was pristine white and had railings and then a kneeling thing at the end of the bed. And then they couldn't figure out what the bed meant. <laughs> so uh, with this new discovery, this bed and then some more writing that they don't understand, they called him Rebecca and Rebecca actually comes to uh, Zion and then she has to figure everything out now. Um, so Rebecca goes and looks at these beds in this room and she has a full lot of memories come back and then she remembers Rulon and then Warren actually talking about uh, the future temple and having two beds in there for ordinance? Ordinance? Was it? Ordinance? Sacred ordinances to be performed in. Okay, so sacred ordinances to be performed into this new temple. Their future temple. And then Rebecca has a freak out. Oh my gosh. So they, this bed is, this whole room is so that young girls can be taught how to conceive a child and how to have sex. The beds were like a confirmation type of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Warren Jess was having uh, sexual intercourses with these girls and teaching them actually how to have children and how to do things properly. Oh boy. And um, Rebecca's freaking out now and she's, uh, she tells the police officers and the police officers are like, oh boy, okay, this is, this is weird. So yeah. That will conclude episode for this five-part series. I hope you all have enjoyed and have learned a little bit about this episode of Dateline Called Unbreakable. Um, we only have one episode left and then we are done with the series. I hope you have all enjoyed and I thank you so very much for actually listening to this and sticking with me to the fourth episode. One more episode left to go. Thank you. Bye.